Hello and welcome to Triumph Podcast, a podcast about <laughs> great stories. Uh, my name is Bo. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm not Bo today. Uh, my wait, name- wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, last time I checked, I'm Daniel, but uh, I just got okay. mixed up, uh, and uh, I have set my phaser to stunning. Oh my goodness! Not a bad start. Phaser to stunning. Yes. Where did you find? It's like you Googled Star Trek puns. It's like, golly. Hi, audience. Hello. (laughs) My name is Bo. I am one ugly fucking yokel today. (laughs) If nothing else, you're a better bowler than me. We are. We are so excited to talk about Grand Theft Auto 4. You better not be playing me. Which is, uh, you know, back into games. I love when we do games. I think, uh, you know, we've done Zelda, we've done Mass Effect. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is really, really interesting left turn for us. But but I hope that uh, as we get into it, it'll become evident as to why. We've been doing, uh, this is episode 12 of Triumph Season 1. And uh, so far, we've covered a lot of really, really interesting ground. Uh, listener, I want to remind you. Uh, you know, we've done very strange entries such as Birdman, for example, which is a great episode. Go back and listen to that. We've done Akira, which is an absolute uh, masterpiece of a, of a sci-fi dystopia film. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, our goal with this podcast is to not just talk about any story, but to talk about the stories that are truly great. That's where the name Triumph comes from. We're going to talk about stories that are exceptionally good, that transcend both their genre and their medium to become singularly excellent in some way. These are the absolute best of the best, right? I mean, in any category that they're in, you know, these are the stories that we're here to to, to celebrate uh, with you guys. Exactly, Bo. Yeah, we, we set out to make this podcast to talk about stories of significant resonant power, uh, the stories that really speak to us or speak to a great cultural moment, um, something that we can say is a creative achievement um, that's more than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, they're the reason we go to the movies. They're the reason we uh, pick up a controller. The reason we sit down and read a comic book uh, or open a good novel. Um, those are the stories that that keep us going. Um, and I think we definitely have a triumph uh, to talk about with you here today, which is Grand Theft yes. Auto Four, uh, which released 15 years ago, all the way back in 15. 2008. Yeah, hop into your time machines, folks. 2008. Fi- 2008 is 15 years ago? Uh, yep, if my math is correct. Yeah. yeah. 15 yeah. years ago. Well, I, Crazy. I mean, I went to public school, so I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, right? I used a calculator, so we'll go with that. 2008, Where were, what was going on in, in, in games in 2008? Because I, again, I have a skewed perspective on this. A listener, in 2008, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you I was eight. In 2008. <laughs> Fuck this. So the reality is I remember a lot of Nintendo and not a lot else. So maybe Daniel, you can help fill in these gaps for me. I mean, this is the this is the PS3, Xbox 360 era, right? That's right. The seventh generation of console gaming, as it's known. Um, honestly, the seventh generation was a really magical period in uh, game development. Um, it's really the first generation where the hardware of the time was able to truly deliver on kind of a uh, uh, an elemental promise of video games that had kind of been around for a really long time. 
which was simulated re, uh, worlds. Um, before mm. then, with the GameCube and the um, original Xbox and the PlayStation 2, they were able to get a limited uh, amount of space for world uh, uh, with re- 3D rendered environments, which were definitely a step up from the PlayStation uh, 64 era. But um, the 360 era was the era that allowed us to get really large open worlds and allowed them to uh, conceal loading screens in a way that um, very few games really could do before Mm -hmm. and really give you the sense that you were part of a seamless gaming experience that wasn't getting uh, halted by loading screens. It's certainly crazy to think about. I I just happen to, because again, I have my Nintendo bias from that year of my life, but we've talked about Zelda before. I think Maybe Wind Waker would be an interesting example of developers working within sixth gen limitations to create the feeling of a, of a fully expansive environment. Um, but you're right. It's fascinating to think about how the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 and, and maybe even the Wii, you know, I think about Prime 3, which was able to do kind of invisible loading screens behind doors yeah. in a faster way than, than GameCube could. Um, you know, we're able to finally deliver on that promise of having a giant world you could explore mm-hmm. uh, and that, that you could really sink your teeth into. So were you, a, were you a 360 gamer or a PlayStation 3 gamer? I was a 360 gamer through and through. Uh, uh, I had my uh, Xbox 360 um, and I loved it. I played it um, extensively until it finally gave me the infamous uh, Red Ring of Death, uh, which yeah. uh, was kind of... Um, uh, the 360 was infamous for which basically once you got the red ring of death, it was over, which was the, um, the power button would light up red instead of green and it wouldn't boot up anymore. Right. And, um, yes, that was, yeah, I've heard ghost problem. stories about this. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, definitely an infamous time. Uh, the 360 what, uh, seventh generation era was also, um, the first console era to really embrace online gaming in a in a seamless experience like there were online games for the xbox and the playstation 2 most famously like halo 2 um but they were very limited experiences and um online gaming and xbox live um was huge um xbox live arcade um created a platform for indie gaming um that really created a lot of uh great games that would go on to be um, essentially landmark games and indie development, um, sure. you know, way into the future when it, uh, kind of moved more towards steam and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the seventh generation was an interesting era and grand theft auto four really, um, embodies, uh, a mindset of a generation of gamers that was growing up. Um, and grand theft auto four, kind of, I think, grew up with a lot of fans of Grand Theft Auto. Um, True. Because it wanted to tell a more mature story than um, the previous Grand Theft Autos that came before it. It wanted to have more a ref- more refined story, uh, more refined gameplay, uh, a more sophisticated open world. And it really wanted to push the envelope and push the boundaries of what uh, open world games really could be. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I think that's... The reason why we're here talking about it is because 
rock stars succeeded in a way that uh, people really didn't think was possible before uh, and made yeah. a strong argument for, hey, video games can tell compelling stories um, and told it in a mass market that uh, reached a lot of people in a way that, well, previous games have had, you know, similarly compelling stories, maybe even better stories than Grand Theft Auto 4 for some people's opinion. Uh, it didn't, they never reached the same market as uh, Grand Theft really? Auto 4 did. And it was the first publicly, I think, more publicly successful game with a yeah. strong, compelling story that it seemed like everybody at the time had played. Nico B in the house! Man, sometimes I cannot believe you are here with me. Really, I can't. It's hardly been a lot of fun since I turned up, cousin. Correct. It has been a fucking nightmare, but that's not the point. No? No, the point is... Fuck it. The Bellic Cousins are here in a land of opportunity, and we are making trouble for any fools who get in our way. If you say so. I do say so, man. I do. Oh, man, does it have a compelling story. I think that's the thing that blew me away most about, most about it. So, so I was, as mentioned earlier, I was definitely not of the age to play Grand Theft Auto, right? I mean, this is the game that my older cousins would play. Uh, but that I was not allowed to be in the room with while they were playing it, right? I mean, this is definitely not something that eight or nine or 10-year-old Bo would have been able to get near uh, with a 10-foot pole. Um, but uh, now I get to make my own choices. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, so I was actually, it was my wife who convinced me to play GTA 4. <laughs> I remember actually, Daniel, because uh, you and, and and my wife and I were in, in, a, in a shared space at this time. And she said something about GTA 4 is actually really good. And I was like, no way. It's just Grand Theft Auto. Like, that's just like, that's just for screwing around and blowing stuff up and killing people. And, and that's not, that's not anything. And I remember you chimed in and you're like, well, actually, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And this was like a year or two ago. And so immediately, like, I had to figure out what y'all were talking about. Bought a copy, uh, played it on, on my Xbox. And, uh, and my wife, again, who loves this game. Uh, has sat through every second that I've played plus, you know, playing it herself again. And uh, so I think cumulatively at this point, I think I've maybe played 200 or even 250 hours of GTA 4 just because my wife and I have connected so deeply over it. We just have so much fun playing it together. Ooh, that girl's a good listener. So I, I, at, at this point, I'm way more familiar with Nico Bellic and Roman Bellic and uh, Kate McCreary and, and, and Packy than I ever thought that I could have been if you had asked me five years ago, it's just not something I expected to fall in love with. But I guess that's part of what makes GTA 4 so amazing is it's it's uh, it's it's so cleverly put together. There's so much depth to the story and the characters. You know, one of my favorite aspects of the game is it really feels like you're in New York City, right? I mean, Liberty City, obviously, but it's this really brilliant caricature. I think the developers talk at some point about making caricatures of the cities that they they inhabit. It's this really brilliant caricature of New York City where you've got uh, Hove Beach, which is supposed to be like a, like a Queens area, I think. Uh, you've got Broker, which is Brooklyn. You've got Algonquin, which is obviously Manhattan. And then Alderney City, which is Jersey. Uh, all these really amazing interpretations. You know, the fact that the menu itself is like a subway, just looks just like the Vignelli subway maps, mm -hmm. which are all over New York City. Um 
it's just a, a, a brilliant way to create an immersive game environment. You know, you're talk, you talked earlier about the limitations of technology and how do you, how do you make good on the promise of simulating an environment where you get to be a character in a world and, and have agency and make choices and experience consequences. And GTA 4 feels that way. I think playing it in 2023 is kind of interesting because you there's always that initial, right? Uh, wow, these graphics. But then, you know, I think after a little while, once you get immersed in it, you start to feel the the art of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about we talked about Super Mario Bros. 3 a couple episodes ago. And one of the comments that I one of the things I remember experiencing when I played Super Mario Bros. 3 was initially viewing it through these this lens of, oh, these are old graphics and not seeing the art design of it mm -hmm. or the, the production design of it or the intentionality behind the coloring. And I felt the same way with GTA 4. Initially, I was like, oh, these are just old graphics. Mm -hmm. And then after a little while, you kind of get immersed and you realize, oh, no, this is rainy New York City. Like these, this is, you know, very intentional coloring and lighting and weather. So an experience, again, GTA 4 overall for me was an experience I never expected to, to have or love. And yet here we are talking about it today. At what point, Daniel, did you actually get to play G like do was this a day one purchase for you in 2008 was this like your friends were playing it on multiplayer so you got convinced to to buy it like how did that play out for you uh pretty much yeah so bef the before grand theft auto 4 um you know i'd gotten my xbox and 360 and i was having a blast playing a lot of other uh games that had come out um previously that generation uh, Assassin's Creed, um, Bioshock, just these really uh, iconic games, uh, Call of Duty 4, um, and then Grand Theft Auto 4, you know, had been talked about, and I remember reading about it and getting really excited, you know, you know, Grand Theft Auto, new Grand Theft Auto for the current generation, and I couldn't have been more hyped for it. You know, I got it, Ugh. launch day, uh, you know, I think at a Best Buy, standing in line the whole thing um and uh just hooked to it but do you, playing it. do you miss those days do you miss standing in line for things i miss being young enough that standing in line for things <laughs> wasn't annoying uh, that's what i miss <laughs> i don't actually miss standing okay. in lines but i yeah. there is a certain amount of camaraderie that you get when it's like eleven fifty eight p.m and you're standing in yeah. front of a a GameStop or a Best Buy or a Walmart, and you're uh, with a bunch of other people, some of whom may be dressed up, and you're yeah. kind of geeking out together. And yeah, there's just, I mean, I'm, I lost, yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's the same thing with Harry Potter. Like, I went to the Harry Potter launches and yes. stuff like that, too. So I was very much, yeah, it was a fun experience. Um, um, but as an adult now with uh, a busy adult with many important things to do, um, the idea of scheduling a part of my life, uh, truly to go out and stand in a line. I just, I can't imagine doing it today. It would just annoy me, but <laughs> I think the closest I got recently was waiting in line online for the Spider-Man No Way Home tickets, which was an absolute, <laughs> uh, mess on amc.com. And then I think, I think I have like a vague memory of waiting in line to see, like the first guardians movie just because it happened to be like a bunch of people showing up for a showing or something but i do sort of miss that feeling of not feeling like you're alone in your nerddom you know what i right. mean like 
obviously the internet helps you to know how you're not alone. Like niche groups like Reddit mm-hmm. validate your very niche weird experiences. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. But to physically be in the presence of a bunch of other people who are also making the same purchase decision as you mm-hmm. are is like a unique uh, remnant of the physical world that I think is is faded almost entirely now. But so you, so this was day one mm-hmm. and you waited in line and you took it home mm-hmm. and you and you powered it up. And one thing that I have learned about you, Daniel, is that your first impressions are always, <laughs> you know, they, they tend to skew negative. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say, yeah. Especially- So I'm ex- I'm expecting you to tell me that you you powered this up and you were not immediately a fan. I, I'm wondering if that's going to be true or not. I hated it. No, uh, no, I did enjoy <laughs> it. I enjoyed uh, the opening part of the game. I did get a little annoyed at the beginning where I was like, I want to go to Manhattan. So we need to go to Bean Street, yeah? And then it's, just, it's barred yeah. off from you. Like, you can go, but you immediately yeah. get like five stars. and It's six stars. Yeah, six stars, yeah. yeah. I, I, I tried this just the other day as we were prepping for the show. I, I It's literally six stars. And what you can do is you can actually walk across the bridge from Broker over to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And there's no barrier. For Algonquin, And when you get to the other side, over to, yes, to Algonquin, of course, excuse me. I forgot we're in the HD universe. (laughs) Uh, So you go from from Broker over to Algonquin. And when you get there, obviously there's like eight SWAT trucks (laughs) waiting for you. And so with the help of cheats, I had a lot of fun just screwing around, letting them chase me around Manhattan, made my way over to Alderney City, eventually got bored and i went to the cheats and i i did the one for wanted level down Mm -hmm. to like take off the six stars because i was like all right whatever i'm done with this and immediately like i took the level off and then two seconds later it came right back (laughs) on again because i was not where i was supposed to be and there was no way i was getting out of that one so easy right but yes so so you were initially you were initially bothered by the landlocked nature of of the of the unlocking right well and it's also the thing with grand theft auto is especially the previous ones, um, there was always kind of this sense of freedom of like, okay, we'll just go mess around and and have fun and do crazy shit. And yeah, there's like quests and and stuff like that, but it was almost like secondary to the experience. You're really just kind of messing around in the sandbox and causing havoc. And uh, I remember playing Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City with my friends, uh, in high school and passing around the controller every time we got, uh, you know, uh, died and then pass the controller over the next person, see what kind of mayhem you can get before you do that. So up until Grand Theft Auto 4, that was my Grand Theft Auto gaming experience was just messing around and getting myself killed uh, and passing the controller to my friends until 3.30 in the morning. Um, So, but this was the first one that I actually took the story seriously and was a good one to take yeah. the story seriously for because well, the story a, is so good. It's a story that demands to be taken seriously. I mean, the moment you power on the game, uh, you know, that that Soviet connection, that song starts playing, you get that mm-hmm. epic shot of the platypus. I mean, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing it for the first time and, and you and, and my wife, Sandra, having told me it's so good and me not believing you guys at all, mm-hmm. just expecting to be totally disappointed. And then the moment the music started mm-hmm. and the boat came in and it felt so good. And I, I swear I flipped to you in the first three seconds of playing the game and I flipped and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Because immediately it has this cinematic opening with the opening titles. Like it is a story that demands to be taken seriously. You know, uh, you, you we talk about the landlocking and I think 
one of the ways that the story sort of intertwines itself with the kind of sequential unlocking nature of the map is that you are an immigrant mm -hmm. character and you are discovering Liberty City as a player, but also Nico is discovering his way through Liberty City. Is that, did you feel that when you were playing it for the first time that you were as Nico or was it just an annoying barrier? It was an annoying barrier at first, but once I kind of let go of of yeah. that and just played the game as it was meant to be played, um, I just kind of fell into the rhythm of the game and um, that kind of fell away after after a little while. So I didn't yeah. I didn't mind it so much. Um, it was more just like a bit jarring coming from my previous experiences of Grand Theft Auto. To be like, oh, okay, I guess I kind of got to earn my way across the map a little bit more. Yeah. But that was fine. Yeah. Once I realized that and I and I was just kind of uh, folded into the story, uh, I appreciated the slower pace and the uh, yeah. introduction of all the different elements because there are a lot of elements that the game designers have threaded through, like relationships with NPCs. Um, and mm -hmm. the, like there was a bit of a, a social sim aspect to it of maintaining those relationships yeah. and going to downtime activities that, um, and the mini games. I, I found that to be incredibly stressful. <laughs> yes. I think that maybe this, I had, the, I had a similar experience with Mass Effect 2, actually. Mm -hmm. This probably says more about me as a person than it does about like these games. But anytime where there is like a measured relationship with every single other character, then I feel this insane pressure to make sure that everybody loves me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as I'm saying this out loud on the show, I'm realizing I should probably be saying this to a therapist <laughs> instead. Um, but I felt that pressure with GTA 4, you know, because you can go to the menu and you can look and you can see Roman percentage liked, mm -hmm. you know, Jacob, little Jacob percentage liked. Uh, and it's like, oh my God, my friends hate me. And it's like, actually, you're at like 88%, like it's fine. Right. Um, but yeah, a, 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 the social semester and the way that you handle it through this funky little uh, smartphone too, which is very 2008. Yes. It's very Nokia. Um, so, so cool. I, th I think it's, you know, we talked about, I talked earlier about the menu being like the subway signs. You know, you talk about the the color being like the color and weather being very rainy New York. Mm -hmm. uh, the phone itself is like the fact that you have to use the phone to pretend that you're Nico calling somebody up really does make it feel like you know as you said at the beginning like you are you are this person living in this environment and that that's the promise that these consoles are capable of delivering yes it, but it's but especially that you're doing it as nico who is this sort of tragic reluctant hero mm -hmm. uh with with a tragic backstory that he doesn't talk about too much uh you know was there a was there like a moment for you because i think with Nico, for me, it's like immediately he he starts talking with Roman, mm -hmm. and you get a sense of who Roman is, and then you immediately get a sense of how Nico is in return, right? They kind of have this this very classic, uh, uh, almost Shakespearean, you know, foil, you know, protagonist and foil relationship. Right. Roman, what's up? Let us go out to see something. I like to see something. Collect me in next hour. I come to get you, Roman. Uh, where Roman is the is the jester mm -hmm. and Nico is the is the reluctant knight, right? And uh, and and you you get a sense almost right away that Nico is this understated, uh, not not charismatic, but like I don't know, I don't. How would you describe it? Yeah, he's he is 
he's just a really engaging character that you can relate to. Um, he's very complex. And I think one of the things that uh, make Nico work where maybe a lot of other uh, protagonists and video games and other media don't always work is he's not just a stone-faced stoic, you know, who's just kind of marching through things while everybody around him is crazy. And he's the, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, the straight man through all of it. There's some of that. But, you know, he can also give as much as he takes. He jokes around. He has some humor to him. He can loosen up, yeah. but he can get serious. Um, yep. He can realistically walk the line of someone who who does a lot of the crazy things that uh, unfold in a, a Grand Theft Auto game, but at the same time, uh, be someone that you can relate to. He's not uh, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto Five where he's just insane or a psychopath, um, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's not, uh, you know, another character from another game that's just like a, a a blank slate that is just kind of stoically going through the motions, like in Gears of War or whatever. He's, or Master Chief, you know, he in Halo, he's just, he's a, he's a fully fledged out character with, uh, and yeah. it's, a, it's entertaining to play as him. And he's, He's a character that you want to connect to. I yeah, love that. I think so. And I think that was key. I mean, like, obviously there's that moment coming in on the platypus where I was like, okay, for sure. But then also just listening to Nico speak and, and the dialogue and, and and how much it does feel like a film. You've got, a, I'm looking at our show notes mm -hmm. here. You've got a, a quite, quite a list of films here that I, and I, we joked that I have never seen any of these before, <laughs> um, but you've got a list of films. I wondered if you would read this list. Films that that like GTA Four is expressly or implied to be influenced by. Yeah, so two thousand eight uh, at that time, uh, one of the big genres that um, I'd sort of come out around that that era of filmmaking uh, was the crime epic, you know. And so it's yeah. fitting that GTA Four would try to be the video game equivalent of one of these great crime epics um, that have been made uh, through the decades uh, before Grand Theft Auto. And so a lot of games that are a lot of movies that you can see implicitly or explicitly referenced um, are movies like uh, Scorsese's The Departed or Taxi Driver. Taxi Cab! Um, which, uh, you know, uh, Taxi Driver takes place in New York and it's really gritty with weird, uh, strange characters and there's a surrealistic mm. element to it. Um, you know, The Departed is, has a lot of um, exaggerated crime elements and, and dramatic uh, shootouts and stories and stuff like that. Uh, Training yeah. Day is a Denzel Washington uh, film with uh, uh, Ethan Hawke that uh, shows a lot of, um, you know, criminal elements. Um, and, and so these are all pre-2008? Yeah, or, yeah, these are all... Around that same year. They're pre-2008. I want to say, dude, The Departed was 2005. Taxi Driver was the 80s. Uh, Training Day mm. was like 2003? Wait. Uh, 2001, 2001. Um, uh, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a Space Odyssey. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's the Space Odyssey. Um, <laughs> the Sopranos, um, had either just finished or was in its final season, uh, which was, you know, the HBO famous show. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. 
Uh, which I guess that would obviously be the the Bacino family over in New Jersey would possibly be where the Sopranos uh, influence uh, it reveals itself. Right. Yeah. And um, the Sopranos uh, opening um, like theme uh, is Tony Sopra- Soprano driving, uh, basically starting in um, New York and driving through, uh, so kind of seeing the city skylines. Uh, passing yeah. over, uh, paying the toll and passing over the bridge to uh, to go into New Jersey and yeah, drive into his home. Yeah, um, you know this is very extended, um, you know, sequence. Well, I mean, it is a chicken and an egg situation, right? Because you have all these things, which in and of themselves are influenced by the experience of being in New York, right? And 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 correctly portray, you know, what it's like to live in or operate in New York and and GT four not only references those things, but also references New York itself. I think uh, it was like supposedly somewhere between 150,000 and 250,000 photographs, mm-hmm. which were taken by GTA 4 developers. Oh, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of reference footage uh, that developers would use, which supposedly they played mm-hmm. on TVs in the offices so that at any point you would look up and you would see uh, New York City so you would know what it is you are working on. Right. Um, it's super, super cool to see that, that through line. Yeah. And, and the, the, and, and you can feel it, I think you can all throughout the game. For sure. For sure. And you're right. Uh, New York has a very distinct culture to it and we are given, um, you know, glimpses into New York culture, uh, through pop culture in lots of different ways. Yeah. Um, not least of which and is the, the uh, through ga- these movies. Well, the, the game also strikes that wonderful balance of, serious and and hilarious which new yorkers themselves are often prone to do Mm -hmm. yeah the uh the the humor in gta 4 is really interesting i think uh you know if if maybe maybe if gta 5 is absurdist then maybe gta 4 is i don't know slightly less absurdist but 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 just as clever um you know roman obviously is a huge comedic relief Mm -hmm. uh but nico himself uh, likes to deliver all kinds of one-liners. Um, you know, in the opening location, uh, the Queen's location, what's that called in GTA 4? Um, let's find out. Is it, is it Hove Beach that's supposed to be? I think I said it was earlier. Yeah, but, he's... but in the opening location, when you're working for Vlad, you know, Nico's like not afraid to say whatever he's thinking but also somehow retain his relationship with with that that person. Mm-hmm. Um, GTA Four Queens is is it Hope Beach or is that somewhere else? Dukes, Dukes. Yeah. So comedy. Yes, comedy. The satire, um, loaded with satire. And uh, Rockstar is, you know, had created a very distinct flavor of their own sort of satirical, um, comedic sense. Um, that's been in pretty much all of their um, Grand Theft Auto games. Um, but I would say that Grand Theft Auto 4 um, has it in more subdued ways, more background ways. I mean, the characters themselves obviously have a lot of the exaggerated traits that we normally come to expect from Grand Theft Auto characters. Um, but, you know, I'm also thinking of things like, uh, you know, the posters that you see um, or the radio commercials that you hear while you're driving um, that Dude. are just, you know, just taking the piss out of everything. You know, they've got their oh NPR channel, but then they've got their uh, 
their um like rush limbaugh talk radio channel um yes. they've got all the different which, dj which, hosts uh for all the different other thematic channels yeah the 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 weasel news radio station the one where the callers come in mm-hmm. and, and they say the absolute craziest shit is jason fucking sudeikis is it i didn't know that yes. that's awesome it's jason sudeikis uh, a caller uh, what could be more american than sticking your dick into a nice hot dog <laughs> Huh? What could be what could be more American than that? It's Jason Sudeikis. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, hand soap, baby oil, baby soap, hand oil, the internet. Okay. Jumper cables. Uh, 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 you know uh, what are the trampolines? If I'm driving around Liberty City, I'm either listening to Jason Sudeikis on the Weasel News talk, whatever, or I'm listening to Radio Broker because I guess I'm a hipster. <laughs> I, I did want to ask you if you remember what radio stations you favored either when it came out or now uh you know i've always been a classic rock uh sucker so uh liberty rock of course liberty yeah yeah uh, definitely <laughs> listen to that one uh when i played it again late, much later on i was more fluid like basically whatever uh radio station was playing when i got in the car i kind of just stuck with it yeah you know just to hear the all the different like jokes and commercials and radio DJ yeah. uh, jabs and stuff like that. Yes. The, the, the other thing about the radio, and there's a lot of different elements of the game that are content aware, which is part of what makes it, I think, feel so living and breathing. But I think it's really great. You know, uh, I mean, it feels, it feels lived in when you finish a mission and then you hop in a random car mm-hmm. and it happens to be on the news station and the news station is recounting the events that you just... Uh, carried out yourself right um you know another good example of of live you know in the moment you know this is a a a life that you're living is like if you are in the middle of a there's a scene where you have to like uh there's a mission where you have to like hunt down a uh uh, man there's so many but there's like a mission where you have to hunt somebody down (laughs) for vlad i think Mm -hmm. and you get a call in the middle of it Mm -hmm. And it's like Roman calling you, asking if you want to play bowling. <laughs> and he's and Nico's like, shit, not right now, man. Like, I can't talk. Like, call me later. And then you hang up and the guy you're chasing, like, gets wise and he starts to run <laughs> because he heard you. It's so clever. It's You know what? It's just like, just like how Mass Effect did this really simple thing where it would carry your decisions over. Mm. It, it's probably technologically, probably really simple, right? You just... Oh, you player player X made Y decision, save, copy, move it. But it feels like it's so complicated. It has this amazing, you know, effect. In the same way, it's probably really simple to have like the radio station play a certain audio file after you finish a certain mission. Mm-hmm. But it feels like this complicated, you know, seamless, beautiful thing. And so I think those are the little details it's more than it's it's not quite polish i think it's like there's an intentionality there there's a design there that makes it all flow so smoothly together whether it's roman calling you seemingly randomly but actually obviously on on cue or the radio station playing in or a helicopter flying overhead at just the right time you know there's all kinds of things that make gta 4 feel like this 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 thing that you're really living in as an eco. yeah i think the word you're looking for is verisimilitude which is verisimilitude. Yeah, there's your uh, SAT word. Hold on, uh, let me week. pull out my. Hold on, I've got uh, I've got cherubic. Mm-hmm. I've got verisimilitude. What was the one from the Ahsoka episode? <laughs> you you gave me a, a big. What was this cherubic? Yeah, 
Verisimilitude. I don't remember my other yeah, SAT I'm sure word. you'll whip out a. <laughs> I'm sure you'll whip out another banger in a few minutes. I'll just keep my notebook right here. Okay, I've got my notebook and my pen at the. Okay, so go ahead. So verisimilitude. So yeah, ver- verisimilitude is basically the principle of the giving the sense that that something is real. So it's a detail or or a, um or just a little little touch or a detail that helps make things feel more um seamless and real and engrossing. Yeah. Um so uh like you said the radio station uh having one of the hosts talk a have a bespoke little recording um uh that reports on what mission you just did um is adds that feeling of verisimilitude, you know. Uh, and it, those little details that make the world feel somewhere real. Another example in GTA four, you can, that's a mechanic example of this is you can blow out a car's tires, right? And their tires yeah. will cut and spin and create sparks as the wheels run on the, uh, on the concrete, yes. which is actually a feature that they did not import into Grand Theft Auto five, but it's those little details that help make it feel a little bit more real. Um, yeah. so, and I just, and Grand Theft Auto 4 is just saturated with that, with the way that NPCs react to yes. each other. Like, I love, like, when you're just kind of wandering about and then some, like, emergent thing happens where, like, one guy, um, uh, NPC hits another NPC with his car and then he gets out of the car and they start getting into a fist fight and then a police car drives by and the police car yes. drives out, um, and then gets involved and you're just you can just yes. watch the whole thing unfold, and it's just this little live, uh, you know, emergent yes. moment that just happened because of these little systems at play that just help make the city yes. feel real. You can uh, if you if you encounter somebody withdrawing money from an ATM, mm-hmm. you can then rob them mm-hmm. and take that money that they just withdrew. Right. As it as another good example, you know, I think we talked. You mentioned GTA Five a second ago. And I think one of the unfortunate consequences of making a decision to broaden the scope of your work, Mm -hmm. GTA 5 being that you go from one protagonist to three protagonists, Mm -hmm. broadening in the sense that you go from a single player story to this huge online cash cow, Mm -hmm. all of this being GTA 5, right? Is that you take away the opportunity to polish the fundamentals. Um... You know, I think a good example of a game that is well polished, uh, GTA 4 obviously being very well polished, but also Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. I think, as like one of the quintessential examples of, of video game polish, Nintendo being someone who does that really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when Breath of the Wild came out and people were admiring the hitboxes mm-hmm. where Link's feet would sit just right on a slanted roof. And I happened to be playing GTA 4 just the other day. And I was standing on the edge of a flower bed and I noticed my left foot was elevated just so mm-hmm. and my right foot was on the solid ground. And I also know there, I haven't played Red Dead yet. I haven't played Red Dead 2, but I know that Red Dead 2 and, and, and even Red Dead 1 have a similar layer of, of polish. And so I really appreciate that aspect of what Rockstar does, really trying to make sure that the, the games are, are clean and, 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 and polished, not to, to, to repeat a dead word, but... Um, you know, you, you really do get the sense that they paid attention to the details and it's part of what makes it all feel so good. Obviously, you know, if GTA 5 is is a cash cow for them to make 
games like Red Dead 2 or we'll see what GTA 6 looks like. Right. Then, you know what? I'm okay with with they can print as much money as they want to off of GTA Online and uh, and I understand why they're doing it. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, GTA Online is kind of funny because it, it's almost like they took the 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 satire of capitalism that uh is soaked into the DNA of uh of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> And then they just sort of unironically made that reality, you know, that you can spend all of this yes. in-game energy on this in-game cash to get in-game yes. vehicles and guns and, and um, you know, penthouses and stuff like that that only exist for its own sake within the GTA online yes. sort of environment. And it's like... It, it, that's so much of what Grand Theft Auto is often satirizing is you this pursuit, this capitalist pursuit for more wealth, more money, more power is inherently empty, <laughs> and you're not yes. gonna. It's not gonna help you. Um, what? Well, that's yeah. Go ahead. That I mean, that's GTA Four mm-hmm. though. Yes, you know GTA Five does that story, but it does it mostly as a joke. To your point, you know GTA Four. And this is this is this is the big thesis of GTA 4, which we're just now getting to 40 minutes in. But I think the big thing that GTA 4 is about is is the American dream real? Mm-hmm. Does the American dream matter? What is the importance of of accumulating wealth in your lifetime? And and who who will you have left to share it with, even if you achieve these insane goals? I told you not to mess with me. Spoilers for GTA 4, obviously, but like, you know, at the end, when Nico finally loses uh kate mccreary or what unexpectedly loses kate mccreary Mm -hmm. and and you you seek out revenge and you complete the mission and you save roman and then and then that's it you're standing under under the statue of happiness Mm -hmm. and you have you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or or two million dollars or however much it is and you have nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. and 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 that's like that's the thesis moment. Like I vividly remember when the game ended and I was standing there under the statue of happiness and there was a hot dog stand next to me and a shit ton of money in my bank account and distinctly feeling the like, Oh, there's nothing left to do. Mm -hmm. Like there's no cars left to steal. There's, there's no apartment left to, to obtain. There's nobody left to hang out with. That's it. In the same way that you would feel when you had 100%ed your favorite game and you would feel that it was over in a player sense, GTA 4 also mirrors that feeling in a story sense. And it's really incredible how they do that because as you would naturally have that feeling as a player where, well, there's nothing left to do, you also have it existentially as Nico Bellic, who is now all alone. He's got his cousin, but he's lost Kate. You know, everybody he worked for, he is killed or betrayed. Everybody who worked for him has attempted to kill him or betray him. Mm-hmm. And and you're just, you're, and that's it. Right. And it's over. And, and what did you come all the way across this country to do? And uh, and so that's, I think, that's what makes GTA 4 amazing is that it does hone in on that does money even matter story. To your point, hilarious that, that Rockstar Games makes so much money off of GTA Online. Uh it's almost like they hung a lampshade over it, over capitalism themselves. Right. So then they could, then they could allow you to spend copious amounts of money. It's like, uh, it's like when you have a comic book that is Thor versus Hulk and they're standing in the arena and they're like, why are we doing this? So oh, I don't know. I guess we just have to. 
Right. And then the audience is like, oh, okay, well, I guess they have to then. Right. Yeah. And in the same way, Grand Theft Auto is like, oh, man, doesn't capitalism suck? Yeah, I guess capitalism does suck. Okay, now give us your money. Right, right. right? Okay. Well, we've now now successfully lampshaded it. Now you guys want to give us the money now. You want want the dopamine hit. Come on, guys. That's right. Yeah, I I think that's why Grand Theft Auto 4 um, of the Grand Theft Auto series has the most sophisticated storyline. And we haven't even talked about uh, the two... Uh, main uh, pieces of DLC um, episodes mm. from Liberty City uh, with the Ballad of Gay yes. Tony and the Lost and the Damned, um, yes. which also are kind of um, other si- two other sides of uh, of Grand Theft Auto or Ballad of Gay Tony is yeah. very over the top and ridiculous and and more that absurd fun crazy element that people often yeah. look for when they want that GTA hit. And then you have Lost in the Damned, which is a lot, which is, you know, uh, more gritty, more, um, you know, introspective. Sons of Anarchy, Liberty City. Yeah, exactly. Sons of Anarchy, Liberty City. Um, You know, uh, and it's got a bit more of a muted uh, tone. Like it's more black. It's not quite black and white, but it's more muted in its color palette. Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, we, I, so I was able to play through all of those. Mm-hmm. GTA 4, obviously, a few times. Uh, Ballad of Gay Tony, I, I completed. Lost in the Damned, I had a harder time with. I, I don't know, maybe it was the biker aesthetic of it that kind of turned me off to it. Mm-hmm. I was able to make it like maybe eight or ten hours into that, but I just haven't found myself wanting to go and finish it. Um, you know, you mentioned episodes of Liberty City. I mean, that is what it is. They're different, kind of different sides of the Liberty City world. Again, it's a testament to what Rockstar built that they're able to plug different interesting characters into a pre-existing world and have you still want to experience it. Um, you know, but I still think the character that stands among the rest is Nico. For sure. And I think the most polished story and, and, and the most compelling story is Nico's. Even though I do like Luis and Tony <laughs> and, uh, and I like the bikers okay. I mean, Billy kind of pissed me <laughs> off. I think he was supposed to. He was supposed to piss me right. off, but, um, but man, I mean, there's, there, I don't think there's anybody like Nico and Roman. Yes. Yeah. No, Nico will always be the main protagonist of Grand Theft Auto 4 and his story is so good. And, um, so many of the elements, like you mentioned, um, that sort of weaved through it, questions of the American dream, uh, questions about, you know, revenge and, uh, loss and what it does all mean. Um, one other theme that I really wanted to touch on uh, before we close mm. um, was that um, Grand Theft Auto 4 really shows us a lot of different like prisons that uh, different characters find themselves living in. You know, uh, mm. Roman, you know, is sort of, you know, stuck with, um, you know, getting abused by a lot of the other people around him. Um, you know, he's sort of imprisoned by his own, uh, meekness, but also his poverty, you know, he can't really escape. By his escape. own hedonism, I think as well. What's up? Yeah. He's, by his own hedonism as well, I think. Right. Yeah, for sure. His hedonism, like he can't see the girl right next to him who like obviously likes him, you know, and he's kind of, um, you know, like you said, he's talking about the Americans and the they're uh, doing things like bowling and stuff like that and very sort of uh, short-sighted and very limited in his mindset. 
Um, his idea hmm. of the um, American dream is uh, being rich and, and going to a strip club. You know, it's not very yes. sophisticated. Wait, sorry. Is that not the American dream? <laughs> I need to. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Let me review my notes really quickly. Strip club, not American uh, no, dream. No, sorry. All my... <laughs> All I have on my notes is cherubic and verisimilitude. Oh, <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have anything about the American dream. Uh, but I, I and then just so many other characters like uh, Nico as he um, kind of gets threaded through the story. Uh, you know, it's a video game, so yeah. he has to go and do these different missions. But he's always beholden yeah. to someone else. You know what I mean? I think it's very key that you really Which- only get one choice, and it's at the very end of the game, really. Well, well, there's a couple little choices. I think there's like six or seven actually, where you get to decide if somebody lives or dies. That's true. Yeah, but there's a few more. To what you to what you just said, it's it's really interesting. Um, in the same way that Nico gets kind of bossed around by the characters in the game, you know, he again, he's such a perfect vehicle for a player experience because the story lines up exactly with the experience of 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 playing a curated story. Mm-hmm. Meaning that Nico himself is being bossed around by these people. Well, you as a player are also being told where to go, what to do. And you and it works because you are Nico. And so you you feel as though, well, I'm going to do it because I got to take care of my cousin Roman. So here I go. Right. It's not like it's not like, oh, this annoying game is forcing me to go off on some quest. But I don't want to do that. It's like you're Nico. And so you're in mm-hmm. like you're. You have buy-in. That was my experience. Is I felt bought in, and so for sure, I didn't feel like I was doing busy work and chores. I felt like I was, I was bound by the same limitations that Nico was within the story universe. Right. Yeah, and there are examples like you mentioned. Now that I'm like revisiting it in my mind, where it's like, um, like early on, um, you're you're kind of learning the dating mechanics. Then you can go date Rachel or something, and then you yeah. get a call from Roman that you know he's basically getting threatened. Well, if you decide to go on the date with Rachel and ignore Roman, yes. he gets the, the shit yes. beat out of him, you know? Yeah, And that's like your first little taste of, you know, what could happen. And if you go and save Roman, then then Rachel's kind of pissed off at you for, for being late for their date, you know? So there's this yeah. sense of like, and as they, as it develops and there are higher stakes that, you know, you're, you're going to pick priorities and you're going to yes. decide what you're, what you're going to make. Nico is going to find important. There's a moment where you have to decide whether or not you're going to go pick Roman up from the hospital mm. or not. And if you don't, then he calls you and, and complains about his taxi bill or something later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but also on a more serious note, in more important ways, you get to decide like whether Vlad lives or dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to decide, well, although I think the game pretty much tells you execute Vlad, but then there are other like small characters like, um, uh, I'm trying to remember who sends you. I think it's um, it's not Elizabetta. It might be Playboy X or Dwayne who sends you to go like collect from this renter who hasn't. Oh no no no! I'm so sorry. It's the McReary. It's Francis McReary mm-hmm. sends you to go kill this criminal in like a project apartment complex, and you have to chase him all the way up to the rooftop. And when you get to the top, he goes uh. He goes, oh, man, I promise. I'll go straight. Please, I'll do whatever you want. I'll go straight. I'll get my GED. Mm. I'll quit. I'll never do crime again. Just please let me live. And the first time I played it, I decided to go ahead and kill him because mm-hmm. that's what I was there to do. But recently I was playing this and, and and I decided to see what would happen if I let him live. And so I did and he ran away. 
And then I got in the car and I got a call from Francis and he went, uh, hey, so did you do it? And Nico's like, yes, I have taken care of your problem. And Francis is like, oh, that's good. I was afraid you would have told me he talked you out of it. You know, that guy was real slimy. He could talk his way out of anything. <laughs> and so kind of the game's meta way of acknowledging like, oh, you fell for mm -hmm. it. And then what I just learned recently, I haven't finished that playthrough, but what I just learned recently is apparently that guy will come find you later mm -hmm. and threaten you at gunpoint. Yeah. Because you threatened me, so I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you now. Mm. You know, you let me live. You shouldn't have. Yeah. Dumbass, basically. Yeah. And so. I think I made that mistake really in my first It's really interesting how the playthrough. game. <laughs> yes. And he came back for you. Yeah. It's really interesting how the game plays with your sense of morality. Sometimes it rewards you for being, you know, a white knight. Mm -hmm. But then other times it will, you know, make fun of you for your naivete. Right. Right. Which is very much how the real world works, maybe. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it's like you dumbass. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's, though, them's the hard knocks of Liberty City. Right. For sure. And it's, it is a testament to the writing that they were able to uh, thread that line and, and make so many of those uh, side characters interesting and compelling and, and make you feel like uh, there were stakes and that um, there are effects in the city when you make certain choices. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was just a great game. Um, certainly one of the best stories that Rockstar has done. Um, like you, I haven't played through Red Dead Redemption 2, um, but I've heard that story is really, really good as well. Um, but yeah. Nico Bellic is uh, Nico Bellic's adventures through Liberty City will always stand in my mind as a, a triumph uh, among uh, video game moments and video game stories. A certified triumph for sure. I think, um, you know, compared to GTA 5, I think GTA 4 is definitely the more polished product, definitely the better game, it's definitely the better story. Um, you know, I think for me, it's definitely, definitely up there with Mass Effect 2, Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, as some of my favorite, you know, best games I've ever played. So, and again, super unexpected. You know, I'm not usually, I, I mean, GTA 4 is pretty vulgar for my taste, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, uh, but I found myself totally loving it and, and immersed in it. And, uh, yeah, right up there with Witcher 3 for me, which is also a triumph of a game. For sure. Um, really, really good stuff. Yeah. Great game. Well, uh, I think we kind of hit all of the main points we were, we were looking to talk about. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm just, I mean, there's so much. It's almost, it's almost hard to stop because there's so many little elements of the world. I, I, I do, I want to quickly shout out the internet cafe. I don't know if you <laughs> ever did this where you would go to the internet cafe and browse around. Mm -hmm. I just want to know who got paid to write the <laughs> hours and hours and hours and hours of written content that is just plastered all over the, the, the iCafe websites. And you can... You can go to dating websites and you can okay. read news articles. And the effort level in some of the writing is like absolute zero, yes. which is hilarious. Much like, like the real internet. Like some of it's much like the real internet. Yes. Oh. Um, oh. Well, you know, there's also a computer in your uh, Algonquin um, penthouse, right? Right. Yeah, so you can go there. Yes. Uh, you can also watch TV. Um, so there you can you can just sit there and watch episodes of like that stupid space ranger cartoon or whatever yes uh, yes it's just wonderful trash like media that you know 
and you can go to comedy shows, uh, which is pretty yes. funny. Uh, unless you go see oh, Ricky man. Gervais, I can't. St- I can't stand Ricky Gervais. Me neither. But stand. but if you end the comedy show early, then the character you're on the date or the visit with gets annoyed with mm-hmm. you. So you have to sit through Ricky Gervais <laughs> in order to reap the benefits of the you know your friends liking you. Yep. And th- let me just tell you, as somebody who needs to be liked, <laughs> who also hates Ricky Gervais. This is fucking torture. Yes. I mean, I can't stand the, the the and it's the same bit every time. Yeah. Oh my god. The the other lived in moment I wanted to mention when it comes to the internet is how you get emails periodically yes. depending on what's going on the events. You know, Brucey will tell you to go get a car, mm-hmm. but there's also email correspondence with your mom, which is so touching and sad. Right. And it's 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 also fascinating because you know Nico comes over. And he criticizes Roman because Roman lied about the mansion and the sports car. But then as soon as Nico finds himself on the other side, he starts emailing his mom and and you end up telling your mom, things are great. We're great. Mm -hmm. Everybody's happy and safe. The reality is things aren't that way. Right. And so fascinating to see how Nico, that's, I mean, there's so much, that's also the through line, right? Is like Nico regrets all the killing and the death and suffering that he experienced. But now here he is in New York and he's causing killing and the death and suffering again. Right. You know, he resents his cousin for not telling him the truth about life in Liberty City. Mm-hmm. But now here he is emailing his mom and putting on a, a, a smile and saying that everything's actually okay. He wants to seek out revenge on Darko for leaving him to die. But then he finally finds Darko and he, he realizes maybe it's not the way he thought it would be. Right. You know, he wants to get revenge on the people who killed Kate and save Roman. But the reality is you have nothing left at the end of it all. So this is the... You know, this is the beautiful uh, irony of GTA 4. And I think this is what makes a great story is not just that you have plot and events, but that you have a question which perhaps does not have a perfect answer. Yeah, yeah. I also, one last little bit about Grand Theft Auto 4 in terms of its design. Again, a little bit of extra touch is that you can um, access the, um, the number pad on your cell phone and you can dial whatever numbers you want. And sometimes you can actually yes. stumble on uh, neat little Easter eggs and things <laughs> like that. Again, same with the website. You can just like type in random websites and see if there's anything yes. actually there. A hundred percent. If you uh, if you go out on a boat into the middle of the water and you dial nine one one, then they will ask you where you are, and Nico will say, uh, "I actually don't know. Let me call you back and hang up." <laughs> Because there's no point of reference out in the middle of the water. Right. I mean, the only other game that I can think of, or at least that I'm that like informed on that has that level of polish is like Zelda. It's like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where, you know, NPCs will comment on the rain conditions as they're happening around you. Like like I I don't know. There's gotta be other more polished games, but but those are the ones I'm familiar with. And there there's the extra touch of just the social sim elements that we talked about before. That it's just like yeah. it, the the like just the little details and yeah, it, it was really pretty amazing. And that's one of the things that Grand Theft Auto five, while it had a lot more details in terms of like the resolution of the textures and things like that, those little moments of verisimilitude are, are were kind of mm. lost or kind of sacrificed um, to have a bigger world and more uh, playable characters and maybe yeah. a more bombastic uh, uh, action tale. So, yeah, 
You said this, I think you said this in your definition of, you know, what we consider to be triumphs on this show, you know, that the whole has to be greater than the sum of the parts, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just great soundtrack, great graphics, you know, great story, great gameplay, you know, fun. It's like, it's like, it's all connected through some central through line, some vision, some, some overarching narrative that, that glues it all together. Oh, well, so thank you, GTA 4. Yes, thank you, GTA 4. Uh, last little, another thought that I just wanted to put out there, uh, playing through Grand Theft Auto 4 on the PC, I remember you can actually make your own radio station. It's called The Independent, where you can upload what? your own music. Yeah. Oh, on PC specifically? On PC specifically. It may be on other versions of the game, but definitely on the PC specifically. And the game will actually make fun of you for doing it. And it's like, welcome what? to the independent studio because you're just too special. You can't just, you know, you got, <laughs> you, your, your music taste is just too unique or whatever. And it's just like little bits <laughs> of things. So you'll have your own little bespoke uh, commercials and stuff like that. They make fun That's of the really fact good. that you, That's... <laughs> you can't, that you just use, listen to your own music. That's so funny because the first thing I thought when you told me that just now was, oh, but that's not Liberty City. I want to be in Liberty City. But of course, Grand Theft Auto is going to find a way to, 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 you know, create story or comedy consequences for you if you, you know, bend to the vision. Exactly. And that's on purpose. And that's awesome. <laughs> yep. That's so awesome. It's, it's so good. Uh, well, as always, thank you for a great conversation, Daniel. Of course. It's been a pleasure. Thank I you, think, Bo. Uh, I uh, can't wait to. Uh, I, who knows what we're gonna pick next? We've got a, like a list of triumphs. Yeah. Well, let's do a little sampling. What are some other things on this list? We've got, uh, we've got Dark Knight, we've got Iron Giant, we've got Incredibles. Who knows? A whole bunch of excellent, excellent episodes you, potentially. Yeah. You also mentioned uh, Witcher Three earlier. Witcher Three, which uh, Witcher Three, so good. Portal Two, mm-hmm. great games. Um, I mean, so many to pick from. I'm not in position to make good decisions right now. Find out next time. Bye.